Doctor of the Year, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Seriously, she oh. guessed it before I did. It was amazing. It's Women Like You, the podcast for women who hate working out, but know they should. I'm Sarah. I'm a GP and I work in fertility and women's health. And I'm Gab. I'm an audio producer and journalist. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and pay our respects to their elders past and present. And it is episode 50, which is a huge milestone and one that we're so proud of. The big five. Oh, <laughs> thank you for all of your support, for listening in, for sending us feedback and encouragement. We have so much fun making this pod and, and that's largely because of you. Yeah, so true. Um, I actually have some big news to share today. But first, I wanted to go back over something that was from one of Sarah's recent newsletters. I absolutely loved it. If you haven't subscribed, you can head to our website, womenlikeyoupodcast.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. It lands in your inbox once a week. And it's always, you know, filled with these awesome little gems that Sarah finds. And well, well, you know, you're You're delightful. You're awesome. (laughs) I seriously love reading it. It's just a big love in here at episode 50. You're the best. You are. You are. You are. Um, But, you know, you wrote a couple of weeks ago about the idea of change and how important it is to recognize that when our life circumstances change, so should our exercise habit. And I'm going to quote you if you don't mind. But you say, I want you to take a little inventory of the changes that have occurred in your life so far in 2022. Some of these changes will hopefully be positive ones. Some of them may be neutral. And many of us may have had to battle changes that have uprooted the physical and emotional environment that we've become accustomed to. Look at how these changes have impacted your exercise habit. Are you finding it difficult to exercise in the mornings due to changes in your work roster? Have fluctuations in your physical health had an impact on the sort of exercise you can comfortably do? Has your living space changed so that you don't have a dedicated space for home workouts? Are family commitments eating away at you time? You don't need to find a solution to these changes today, but being aware of them allows your brain the chance to problem solve in the background. Habits are dynamic. They can evolve as you do. Don't be afraid to rethink them when the world around you looks a little different to how it once did. I just, I loved reading that so much because I was like, yeah, like sometimes we can get so locked into something that works that when everything else has changed around it, we get frustrated when this thing that was working all of a sudden isn't. And so, yeah, I just, it really kind of made me stop and think and think about how things have changed this year. And I know that your life has changed drastically this year. Absolutely. I look, (laughs) full disclosure, sometimes when I sit down to write the newsletter, I'm writing it directly to you and I, because ultimately (laughs) the Women Like You concept was born out of you and me, baby. Um, (laughs) And uh, and I know that, you know, that our lives have changed a lot this year and my life is absolutely, looks completely different (laughs) to how it looked last year. I mean, it's been, yeah, it's been a tremendous year of ups and downs. The two biggest changes for me in 2022 have been going back to uni whilst Mm. still working full time, but also uprooting my city life and moving to the mountains. Um, Look, it's meant, particularly in the first half of this year, I've been far more time poor than I was last year. And you know what happens when when you're time poor? 
there are certain things that tend to take a back seat and that's definitely social connections mm. and dedicated time for exercise. Like just the first half of this year, I just wasn't doing the same amount of exercise as I was in 2021. Mm. And and look, the biggest thing I've noticed is that apart from walking, which I've still been doing, I haven't done much else, um, namely yoga, which was just a mainstay of, of my workout routines and my my exercise habit. And I have been feeling, uh, like I'm feeling the ramifications of yeah. this. I'm just, I feel so, I feel so tired. I think I said to you this morning, I just want to be put on one of those medieval racks <laughs> and uh, like stretched out. I feel a foot shorter than I normally am. Um, put her on the rack. Put her on the rack. <laughs> Stretch her out. And, and particularly lately, I've just had really, really bad kind of upper thoracic and, and shoulder pain, which my husband suggested might be due to my newfound habit, oh, not habit, my newfound hobby of <laughs> chopping wood to make kindling. I'm, I'm an axe-wielding woman now. Well, you got a fireplace um, now. So. I know, yeah. So, like, I've been, I've been out. My form is no doubt terrible. I've never used an axe before in my life. <laughs> um, but one thing that really stuck with me, which was a conversation that I had with uh, Angela James, the amazing physiotherapist that we had on the pod last week. Um, she and I were chatting before we started recording last week. And she said this thing that just was like, oh, not only is it fun, but it's so bloody true. Motion is lotion. So basically, you know, if you're, if you're feeling sore, if you're feeling tight, you've got to get moving again. And, uh, and so I, I, I have started yoga again this Woo! week and oh, bloody hell, it does help. It, it really does. does. Um, and stupid I did yoga. Uh, <laughs> stu stupid following my own advice. Um, <laughs> I did a, I did an awesome session this morning called upper back love 23 minutes. Um, no joke, reduced my pain by about 30%, I reckon. Huge. Um, and, and like, that's more than I'm getting from a Nurofen. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. So I'll pop a, I'll pop a link to it. It's, it's a really, it's totally manageable. I was able to do it today when I haven't really done any yoga for six months and I was sore. Um, and I'm going to take myself for a hike after we finish recording today, just a little baby gentle hike down at Lyra Cascades. Um, but yeah. Motion is lotion, baby. Motion if, is lotion. If you are if you are feeling the effects of a tight, stiff, achy older body, or a um, cold a cold winter, and you haven't done a lot of movement. Yes, yeah, the, and the cold. <laughs> Look, it does. I do think that it makes all of these aches, achy, breaky feelings uh, a little bit more pronounced. Um, but yeah, I would say twenty twenty two big tree change. Started studying. Wielding it's an axe. Well, I'm an axe wielding maniac now. You know, what would my brother Adrian say to you in your warm up? You have to do something similar <laughs> to the exercise that you're about to do. So he would recommend, you know, some shoulder movements that, that mimic the axe wielding. Oh, AJ's so right. Yes. Okay. Good point. Good point. It's also, it's very jarring. Not surprisingly. Yeah, because um, you're coming to a very abrupt <laughs> stop, which doesn't normally happen in, in exercise, even, you know, in weightlifting and that kind yeah. of stuff. There's still sort of fluid movement, but, oh. yeah, not, not axe wielding. I'd go as far as to say, though, you might have perhaps a few different changes to mind that are going on in your life at the moment. <laughs> Slightly Seem different. <laughs> seamless segue, seamless so, segue. Such a good segue. <laughs> yes. Well, my big change for 2022 is that I'm pregnant, baby. 
Uh, I mean, I, I'm still, I'm still just gushing, absolutely gushing. <laughs> proud, proud auntie over here. Yes. Uh, even though I've just, I've just felt absolutely useless for three months. I did not exercise for the first three months of this pregnancy. I was so unbelievably tired. You know that really awful fatigue you get during your period or in the lead up to your period mm. like that all day every day I was queasy all day every day luckily I mean I know some women really struggle with um, nausea and vomiting I wasn't that extreme but it was just this constant queasiness all day every day and the only thing that fixed it was food which is ironic um, so I was just eating and sleeping I was constipated so I just felt physically uncomfortable and also a blocked nose. So like I can't breathe properly and I'd if I eat I have to like breathe and eat at the same time. It was just just not comfortable at all. I literally for three months felt like I was in survival mode. Yeah. I, I, I would get up, I would do my work, I would have my dinner and I would go straight to bed like at like seven or eight o'clock at night. And at one point my husband said to me, he was like, I just I just don't think you're even living at the moment. You just seem to be existing. And mm-hmm. I was like, yes, yep. that's what it feels like. <laughs> oh, man. Um, exercise literally seemed impossible for what I was physically capable of. And with that came this extreme guilt, you know, that I'd, I'd lost my exercise habit. I was putting on weight. I was feeling generally awful. I wasn't getting any outdoors time. And, of course, I wasn't getting any of that glorious morning sunshine to kind of set my circadian clock. Although, to be fair, I'm sleeping like, like a trooper, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that, it seems that pregnancy overrides circadian rhythm maybe. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you are, you are going through some incredible physiological changes. I'm so sad that you felt so rubbish for the first three months of your pregnancy. But uh, but also like really a really proud of you for for listening to your body and not pushing it beyond what it was capable of doing mm. at that point in time. And also how bloody incredible are women as a as a as a woman who's never been pregnant. I just like I saw what you were going through and and certainly not as often as your husband saw what you were going through and your work colleagues who wouldn't have known what you were going through, but nonetheless. Um <laughs> It's, you know, these are enormous, incredible physiological changes. And uh, and there's kind of like when we were talking about period pain last week and potentially male doctors that are a bit dismissive of women's pain, mm. you got to wonder if, if it were the male species that were, you know, responsible for, for growing a human in their body, how much work they would be getting done in the first three months of their pregnancies. Like, honestly, it's just, it's multitasking taken to to the next level. 100%. And also, like, yeah, we, maternity leave, childcare payments, all that stuff would be sorted. We wouldn't be having these debates in 2022. Oh, true. <laughs> true. If men true. have looked after that. Uh, it, yeah, you're absolutely right. It it just, it, it was, um, it was, one of the strangest, hardest, most interesting, but at the same time exciting things that I've ever gone through. And it it's nothing like I've ever experienced before. And I think that's why, even though I really had to stop myself like beating myself up because I was like, no, this is this is the one time in your life where you just have to listen and you just have to do only what you're capable of. And if what you're capable of is a lot less, then you have to lower those expectations because mm. you can't push it. You just cannot push it because there's so many things that, you know, can can be impacted if you do. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, I thought 
I would love for you to tell me, Sarah, and any other pregnant women or women who are thinking about um, conceiving, uh, what is actually going on biologically in the body when one well, is pregnant? First and foremost, congratulations Thank from you. me. For <laughs> I the mean, you've known for a long time. For the, for the, for the 100th time. <laughs> yeah. to, be, to be fair, I knew you were pregnant before you knew that I know. you were pregnant. <laughs> this is Doctor of the Year, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously, she oh. guessed it before I did. It was amazing. Oh, It was so funny. We went to have breakfast. Um, we were having a little wily breakfast meeting and just generally best friend catch up. And uh, we were out for our for our coffee and Vegemite toast routine. Yes. And, uh, and I remember you saying, like, my boobs are so, so sore. sore. Like, my boobs are just so sore. Like, I know that I'm getting my period in a couple of days and, and my boobs are just so sore. And I was like, mm. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh. You did say. You, you did. You literally said, oh, you could be pregnant. And I was oh, like, you could be nah, pregnant. Surely not. <laughs> surely <No>. not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, later that day, you peed on a stick and you sent me a message <laughs> <laughs> with a picture of said stick going, holy fuck, <laughs> holy shit, this is really happening. Uh, and you know how, like, I mean, we're so used to looking at looking at liquid on sticks at, <laughs> in 2022, either a yeah. rat, <laughs> either a rat You're or like, a pregnancy Two test. lines. <laughs> I've either got COVID or I'm pregnant. <laughs> uh, yeah, which one is it? Uh, straight, like straight away. You know how like with the with rats it usually says, you know, leave them for 15 minutes and, and wait and see. It was just like, boom, double line, yeah. you are pregnant. <laughs> I was like, it okay, okay. Is- happening. <laughs> so, let's have a let's have a bit of a chat about kind of those very early days and what happens in early pregnancy. So, after ovulation, the dominant follicle, so that's the follicle in your ovaries from which you ovulated from, becomes what is called a corpus luteum, which is, you know, fun little bit of Latin homework Ooh. for you. Corpus luteum, Latin for yellow body because it's actually quite yellow in colour. And it's a hormone secreasing gland that forms after the mature egg is released from the follicle. And it primarily secretes the steroid hormone called progesterone. Now, this is this is true whether you have ovulated and conceived or whether you have ovulated and not conceived that month. Okay. This, part, this part's already kicking off. And, uh, and that that corpus luteal cyst continues to produce progesterone for about 10 weeks during pregnancy, if you have a fertilized egg there. And after those initial weeks, the progesterone production is is primarily taken over by the placenta. But it's this increase in progesterone that leads to some of those delightful symptoms (laughs) of early pregnancy, including sore breasts. Yes, Bloating. Oh, my God, the bloating. I I looked like I was six months pregnant, like, three weeks in. (laughs) And and many women do. Like, it's just, again, it's so important to normalise this stuff. Um, Food cravings can definitely kick off at this really early stage. And and along with your breast tenderness, you might have some increased nipple sensitivity that a lot of women will notice if they are, you know, if they are being a bit more active and maybe they're not in the world's best 100% Kevlar sports bra, (laughs) um, that their nipples will be really sensitive as well. And you'll start to get things like headaches and muscle aches and pains, almost flu-like symptoms. And if that sounds a lot like PMS, it's because it essentially is. It's like PMS squared, really, because progesterone is doing the same thing before your period, Um, only your prog will drop as your your period arrives and, and therefore you'll get you know, relief from those PMS-like type symptoms. Um, but when you're pregnant, then that PMS phase <laughs> continues. No relief, baby. No relief. No relief. No relief. And then the next really important hormone that comes into play is uh, is 
beta-HCG or human chorionic gonadotropin. Oh, that's a fun word, gonadotropin. It's, it's, it's fun, but we'll call it HCG. <laughs> um, so this is, you know, this is the pregnancy hormone that you measured on your pee stick. Yes. Um, and, uh, and it's formed by cells in the placenta and it nourishes the egg after it's been fertilised and becomes attached to the uterine wall. These levels can be detected in a blood test from about 11 days after conception. Wow. Which is not long, really. Yeah. And about 12 to 14 days after conception if you're using a, a pee stick, if you're using a urine test. Yeah. Um, and this is essentially one day after implantation. So fertilised wow. egg has travelled down the fallopian tubes, entered the uterus and has implanted into that beautiful uterine wall that you've been preparing through the luteal phase of your cycle. And then all of a sudden you're starting to make this beta HCG hormone. Typically this HCG level will double about every 72 hours and, uh, and it will reach a peak in the first eight to 11 weeks of pregnancy, and then it'll gradually decline off for the remainder of the pregnancy. Um, and after implantation, then a structure called the chorion forms around the embryo and it starts to produce the HCG. And this this structure is what will eventually turn into your placenta. Mm. So it's HCG that you can blame for that morning sickness, which is- Not know, morning side, sickness. <laughs> side note, bloody terrible name for the condition because- it really affects women only in the morning. Um, oh, all day, and, every day, baby. <laughs> yeah, all day, every day. Well, you're one of the 90% of women that will experience nausea during pregnancy. Obviously, there's a very lucky 10% out there. But, Who are these um, people? <laughs> the majority, the majority of women uh, will experience nausea in, uh, in early pregnancy. It normally starts around about the sixth week and should, for most women, subside by about week 16. Um but having said that, uh, Danielle, one of my best friends that I grew up with, she was plagued with morning sickness from when she fell pregnant to when she delivered oh, her babies. No. So there's a really there's a really large spectrum of what is normal when it comes to pregnancy nausea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it can feel like, and you can tell me more about this than I can because I've never had it, but it can feel like a general lingering sense of feeling like you might need to vomit. Um, sometimes there might be an urgency to vomit. Other times it's just kind of right there in the background. Um, it can also feel like you're really hungry, um, but without the ability to necessarily stomach anything. It can be associated with a lot of food cravings, but also food aversions. Yes, definitely food aversion. Mm. And absolutely, this beta-HCG hormone associated with the nausea can also lead to dizziness and weak spells and just feeling absolutely miserable. Pretty shit. <laughs> Pretty shit. <laughs> There's lots of other fun symptoms of early pregnancy that I know <laughs> you're all over, my friend. You are You are knocking these ones out of the ballpark. Uh, increased urination. Yes, so the amount of blood in your body increases during pregnancy, even in early pregnancy, um, causing the kidneys to process extra fluid. And also as your uterus begins to enlarge, it puts pressure on the bladder. And so that you get this sense of kind of needing to go all of the time, even when you do go, you might not need to pee very much. Mm. Um, heartburn can kick off in early pregnancy. The These pregnancy hormones, both the HCG and the progesterone, um, are involved in relaxing the valve between your stomach and the esophagus your lower esophageal sphincter and that lower can, esophageal sphincter mm. yeah and that that's it's designed when when your when your lower esophageal sphincter is working appropriately 
you know, food and fluids that you've consumed should stay in the stomach until yep. they move into the bowel for, for further processing. Um, but when this when the pregnancy hormones are kicking about, that becomes quite quite weak, quite loose. And so stomach acid can leak up into the esophagus, causing heartburn, belching, burping, pain. Again, just, just all, good times. Just all delightful <laughs> things. And and that will obviously increase some of those nausea symptoms as well. Mm. And, uh, and I think a big one for lots and lots of women is constipation. Yes. Oh, God, so, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> high levels of that progesterone can slow the movement of food through your digestive system. So that if, if, if food is not moving through your digestive system, then you're more prone to nausea. And then because it's really slow, it uh, you typically you kind of lose a bit more fluid from the bowels, which almost concentrates and firms up the, uh, the bowel contents. Leading to leading to constipation. The other thing that I always uh, chat to uh, chat to my patients about, and it's a it's a tip for anyone listening who has constipation during pregnancy. Have a chat with your healthcare professional, whether that's your GP or your obstetrician or your midwife, to see like if you've been placed on iron supplements. A make sure that you definitely need them. So not all women are iron deficient, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of the pregnancy supplements, the prenatal supplements on the market have quite a good dose of iron in them. But iron can absolutely make your nausea worse and it can absolutely make your constipation worse. Now, obviously, if you are iron deficient, you're going to need iron supplementation during pregnancy because you're building a ton of new red blood cells and uh, and you need that iron for healthy red cell development. But if you don't absolutely need it, if you don't have iron deficiency, then getting rid of that may help to ease up your constipation and help to ease the uh, the nausea associated with the start of your pregnancy. But, you know, plenty of fibre, lots of fluids, and if you can, you know, some regular exercise. And as Gab has put it so beautifully this morning, don't push yourself. Nope. Do not push yourself in early pregnancy. But if you can, if you can stomach a walk, if you can stomach a bit of gentle low intensity to moderate intensity, depending on how you're feeling, but leave the high intensity stuff for later, um, then that will also have a positive impact on on your bowel habits. Yeah, if you can if you can manage it. I mean I just if you can I manage literally it. And, couldn't. If you, and if you can't, then you you know, then you focus on fiber. You focus on fluids. You focus on maybe some gentle stretching, mm. but nothing, nothing beyond that. This is a time to absolutely listen to your body. You gotta yeah. I was just going to say, I, yeah. I also um, took yeah both your advice and my my doctor's advice as well, um, which was to switch the um, antenatal supplement, you yeah. know, because I was taking one that had quite a high iron um, dose in it, yep. and switching to something that had much less iron. Oh, man, that helped. That helped a lot. <laughs> yeah, good, good, good. But I think like we've just I've just rattled off a list of all of the really challenging things that happens to a woman's body in early pregnancy. So I thought we'd we'd flip it a little bit. I wanted to give you a little update Yay. on what your baby is up to at the start of now that you're entering your second trimester. You've been in your second trimester for a few weeks. Yes. Um, I wanted to give you a little update on uh, on what baby is doing. Yes, please. Because right. at this point, now that the the major symptoms have passed, um, it does. I feel a little bit more normal, and sometimes I'm like, "Am I even pregnant? Like, what's yes, going on?" Yes, this is exactly, exactly. And I think that so many women feel like that 
in, as they enter the the second trimester, and that could be a source of anxiety as well. Because totally. like, I know that I felt like shit, but at least I knew that I felt like shit for a reason. For a reason, and I've seen and now, I've seen the ultrasounds from weeks ago, right. and, and they you know there's clear evidence there. But yeah, but now, and now I'm in this limbo period where there's no you know there's no immediate scans to be done, and I actually kind of just feel a bit like my old self. A- am I still pregnant? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy time. All right. So, so shoot, what's going on? I'm gonna I'm gonna run you through uh, week 13 to week 18 yep. of your uh, of your baby's development. So week 13, your baby's making its own wee. Ooh, and uh, and Bub's bones are beginning to harden and take a little bit more more shape and structure. By week 14, your baby's neck has become more defined. There are red blood cells forming in your baby's spleen. So this is why. Iron is important because it's not just you making new red blood cells, but so is your baby. But uh, but just check if you absolutely need it. Uh, week 15, bone development continues and will soon be visible on the ultrasound images. So this Ooh. is where you know, your scans start to look a little bit more, a little bit more human. Yeah. Um, I don't and, know, it still uh, looks like Voldemort front on though. <laughs> <laughs> your baby's scalp hair pattern is also forming. Um, by week 16, your baby's head is wrecked. Yes. Um, they can move their eyes. Ooh. Their ears are starting to reach their final position. Your baby's skin is getting thicker. Baby's limb movements are becoming more coordinated and, and can be detected during ultrasound exams. Um, these movements are still too too small, too little to be felt by you yet at 16 weeks. Um, and and I love this fun fact because I think you are about 16 weeks. Yes. Your baby is the size of a small avocado. Oh. By week 17, toenails are beginning to develop. Yep. And uh, and Bub's becoming more active at this point. You know, a lot of rolling, a lot of flipping, a lot of dancing in the amniotic sac. By week 18, your baby's ears begin to stand out on the side of their head. Um, they might be able to begin to hear sounds, which I think, you know, given that uh, given that there are some audio engineers in uh, in this baby's <laughs> life, is pretty damn cool. Um, I mean, we can start playing the, the, the right type of music that we want exactly. baby to enjoy. <laughs> exactly. It's time to start their mu- musical, musical education, education. <laughs> early. Um, the eyes are beginning to face forward and your baby's digestive system has started working. Wow. So that's up to week 18. So maybe in a few weeks' time when you're a little further ahead, we might, uh, we might give you a few extra updates. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, bringing this back to exercise, um, but, you know, as I mentioned – uh, I've I've did not do anything for the first three months. Obviously, symptoms are starting to um, decline a little bit, and I'm starting to feel a little bit better. Have a little bit more energy, not a lot, but a little bit. Um, I have just recently gone back into a little bit of exercise, but I have to say it feels very, very different at the moment. I mean, obviously, I've lost fitness and I've lost strength. But it feels different to just being a little bit deconditioned. Totally. It feels different from previous times when I've just been hideously unfit. So, for example, I've gone for a couple of walks. Um, A walk is a lot slower and I get to the 20, 25 minute mark and I literally hit a wall. You know, luckily I've been close to being at the end of my walk at that point anyway. So I've just had to really slow it down um, to an amble. But it's funny, like it's like I literally have a moment where my body goes, okay, you've 
you've reached your peak. You, you need and to stop now. And yeah, and stop. Yeah, like like somebody who's taken the batteries out. Um, yoga feels like I have elephant limbs. I'm so cumbersome. It's it's actually really quite challenging to do some of the really simple basic yoga movements, yep. which is interesting. Um, the stationary bike has been great. I've been just going for really slow and gentle rides, um, you know, getting to about 30 minutes, which is, again, getting to a point where I need to stop, um, mainly because my butt's sore. But um, yesterday, for example, my heart rate was 120, which is only just in my moderate range of 117 to 140. So I'm still I'm still getting to moderate, but um, it's really, really slow, a lot slower than, you know, it would usually be. Um, and I also noticed that exercise doesn't feel good afterwards like it used to. You know, when you normally finish a session and even if it was hideous the entire time, you have that physical response, like your yeah. muscles feel that buzz, that warmth of, oh, I just, I did something. And you kind of, yes. that sort of feels like that for a few hours afterwards. Um, I just need to sit down as soon as I finish. It doesn't feel great. And then I just need to let everything return to normal, you know, like it's sort of, I just need to kind of bring it all back to a okay. base level. So then I guess really when you're- when you're planning some really gentle, really slow, really sensible exercise, you also need to factor in the 20 minutes for your walk Just or sit. ride and 20 minutes afterwards to recover. Absolutely. Um, interestingly, though, when I go to sleep you know, later that night or even when I wake up the next morning, that's when I feel that post-exercise muscle warmth slash buzz like I've done a workout and my that's body wild. feels good. But it's it's really quite delayed. It's really interesting. Um I found a really interesting article from the Royal Women's in Victoria um, on their website. Really good article about um, exercising during pregnancy, and I'll put the the link in the show notes. But of course, a caveat: if you are pregnant or thinking about conceiving, this information is generalised. It should not be considered medical advice. If you are pregnant and thinking about incorporating some exercise into your day, please speak with your doctor um, or your, your health professional first for personalized advice um that's i mean i've I've done this i've obviously i've spoken to sarah a lot about this but i've also spoken to to my my peeps as well and they've kind of given me guidance on what would be suitable for me so interestingly um there are lots of cardiac changes during pregnancy your heart enlarges Huge, huge changes yeah your heart enlarges and it pumps faster so it doesn't actually take as much to get up to a safe maximum heart rate i really love this quote from the article which said you're already doing an aerobic workout just by being pregnant it's <laughs> like free Tick. exercise <laughs> I'll take it. Um, There are circulation changes, so your blood volume increases, as Sarah mentioned before, um, which also means that your vein walls soften and blood flow to the heart can be affected by the weight of the uterus later in pregnancy. And this is when you might see blood, you know, you feel like blood's pooling in your legs. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of women feeling that kind of swollen swollen feeling, especially towards the end of a day. Um, So... You know, you can do calf raises or if you're doing like upright exercises, walking on the spot during exercise can actually help encourage that blood flow back to the heart. And obviously this is the second half of the pregnancy is around the time when it's not recommended that you lie on your back. And so you should consider that when you're thinking about exercise as well. Obviously not doing any exercise that requires you to to be flat on the mm. flat on your back. If you are someone that's done a lot of yoga or a lot of Pilates, you will absolutely need to modify how you practice, um, particularly as you're entering the the second half of your pregnancy. Absolutely. And interestingly, I mean, I've only done one session, but it was pretty good. Um, I did join up to this prenatal yoga app um, and you know, you kind of put in your details of where you're at in, in your pregnancy and, and what type of practice that you want to do. And and all of the exercises are modified specifically. So like Savasana um, would is, is, you know, 
obviously that delightful that delightful moment at the end of a yoga practice where you get to lie on your back and fall asleep um, is modified to be on your side. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, there's also joint changes. So pregnancy hormones can cause ligaments to soften. So it's really important to look after your joints during pregnancy. And obviously as you get physically bigger and there's more pressure on your your lower back and your pelvis, there's also pressure on your, your hips, your knees, your ankles. Um, so it's really important to avoid high impact exercise like running, netball, tennis, unless you've had it cleared by your medical professional. Um, but, you know, generally you really need to look after your joints at this time. Um, mm. You can do things like exercising in water. So obviously aqua aerobics or um, swimming. They also mentioned exercising on a fit ball, um, which I don't, I don't fully get behind only because you want to avoid anything that could cause you to fall. And I think yes. I, I don't have strong enough balance pre-pregnancy I, to, to work out on a fitball. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that one, Gab. <laughs> so, so I think, you know, stay with water, water exercise, gentle water exercise, but maybe move away from the fitball idea. Um, but overall, it recommends you avoid contact sports, high intensity or high impact exercise, anything that requires you to leap or reach, you know, where you could fall, um, obviously riding a bike outdoors there is um the the danger that you could fall lose a lose your balance and fall um also avoid hot exercise hot yeah, yoga this one's, re- this one's really important yeah hot, hot exercise like hot yoga or spending time in a sauna or a spa because obviously you want to avoid anything that's going to raise your body temperature because as sarah will tell you it, it actually does impact the the baby yes Again, only do exercise that has been approved by your doctor, your obstetrician or your midwife and absolutely stop if you experience any kind of vaginal bleeding, nausea or vomiting, feeling faint or lightheaded or any kind of strong pain in your pelvis or back um, or if there's any kind of reduced movement of your baby if you're in that part of your pregnancy where you can actually feel the little one, um, which absolutely. I'm not there yet. Absolutely. And I think a lot of that does ultimately come back to, to being really in tune with your with your body's physical signals and uh and i mean look if even if you weren't pregnant and you started experiencing nausea vomiting feeling faint strong pain stop. i would suggest <laughs> that that's a really good time to stop exercising 100%. regardless but uh but it's yeah it's it's so so critical that you really tune in to what uh, to what your body is telling you. And I think also it's important to note that, yeah, as you say, like you, even if you're not pregnant, you know, even if you're, you're coming back from injury or, or, or it's just, or you've had surgery, you know, there's some kind of like big life event that's happened. You just can't expect the experience of exercise to be the same as it was. You know, it's sort of like that mistake that we would always make, you know, in our, in our twenties and, and thirties where, um, we, you know, wouldn't exercise for like a year and then all of a sudden we'd go, cool, I'm going to go do a 45 minute hit session or I'm going to go do a run and expect, yep. expect to have that same level of, um, fitness or strength as we might have when we're much younger and our bodies can physically take it even if they're not super fit. So it's the same thing. You really just have to say, Things have changed. This is yep. this is going to be different, and it's okay if it takes a lot longer and it's a lot slower um, than than it previously has been. But um, also, one thing, and I know that you recommend to a lot of your patients, Sarah, to to see a, a you know an exercise physiologist, you know, oh, particularly yeah. someone who specialises in in perinatal exercise. But um, off the back of chatting with Angela last week, I'm also absolutely going to go and do a pelvic floor assessment um, because I'm yeah already starting to 
wee when I sneeze. <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. And look, the, the weeing when the weeing when you sneeze. Look, it it may be because you've got some weakness in your pelvic floor, you know, pre-pregnancy. But also those hormones that are you know softening up your your ligaments are also having an effect on uh, on your bladder function. And, you know, as your uterus starts to get bit bigger, it's pushing on your bladder. So there's so many contributing factors. And I think this is where if you are able to access an amazing pelvic health physiotherapist um, as, as early as possible, ultimately, um, then, uh, then I think you set yourself up for as comfortable, as safe a pregnancy and delivery and postnatal recovery period as, as you can. Mm. And yes, I'm absolutely going to go and do that. Follow your advice. Follow Angela's advice. Get it done. Just see what's going on down there and see what I can actually do over the next, now that I feel a little bit better and before I start to feel hideous again, um, really start to kind of um, maybe set, you know, build some of those foundations back and kind of really prepare, almost condition condition myself for what's coming. (laughs) Some prehab. Some prehab, baby. Prehab. I'm so excited. I haven't been going through the physical torment that your body has been going through. You get a, you get a lot of messages about my wee, about, about all kinds I do of... Know, I do know the ins and outs of the quality, volume, discomfort, <laughs> colour of your wee on a daily basis. I, I admit that. But we did speak in last week's episode about how important it is to have open mm. and frank conversations with the people that you love about your physical health. Yeah. Um, so I still demand a wee update. <laughs> I still demand a nausea slash vomiting update. And I am so excited to be on this ride with you. I'm, I'm Look, it's the order goes Gab first, Gab's husband second. I'm coming in a tight third. <laughs> I want to be here for every single step of this. I am honestly, I'm just, I am gushing with excitement. For oh, you. you're going to make me cry. I was actually just reminded of the text that you sent me when I sent you the the picture of the pee stick um <laughs> and you were like holy shit baby i'm gonna be standing outside that delivery room you know there for you like the, through the whole journey and i was like um can you can you be in the delivery room like is that appropriate <laughs> oh my god i'm tearing up i'm not joking because <laughs> like you know i'm sure like I'm, I'm i'm sure that my husband would happily trade places with you so he doesn't see the, <laughs> the carnage that's gonna happen <laughs> i know that man i love that man i'll do anything for the two of you to make this as uh, as joyous as it can be. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now I'm going to get back on the bike for a very slow ride while I watch another episode of Only Murders in the Building. Oh, yeah. Season two? Season two, baby. Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so, so good. good. <laughs> Just so, good. so lighthearted and lovely and short episodes yeah. so it works for the amount of time you want to spend working out. Exactly. But you got to go get, get on your walk. I am. I am. I'm going to go. Yeah, the Lura Cascades, um, the, the walk starts only about 10 minutes from from my house um it's it's a gentle beginner's hike it definitely doesn't require special skills or, or special like those walking sticks. walking sticks or whatever <laughs> um and uh, and you can do the whole thing in about uh in about an hour and it's just it just takes you past some absolutely breathtaking uh, uh breathtaking waterfalls and uh and it's so peaceful and it's so gorgeous oh. so yep the sun is shining so i'm gonna get out there Please, yes, enjoy it while the sun is still shining because that may not last. True, true. (laughs) The Women Like You podcast is produced by me, Gab Burke, and music is by Hamish Camilleri. 
Thank you for listening to our little pod and you can subscribe to our weekly newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. You know what? I just stepped back and I just like accidentally kicked the the, the weight the weights that I bought like months ago that I still haven't oh, yeah. used. They've been yep. stored next to my desk and I literally have not picked them up. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know that that was technically where you're meant to store yours, but I did the same <laughs> thing yesterday. I have uh, I have weights that I haven't worked out where they live in the new house and they're just in one of those big storage <laughs> buckets under my desk. And, and well, they, they will remain. <laughs> and if you kick them, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> Oh, so good. It's a recipe for a, for a toe fracture. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And I'm Gab. And thank you Yay. for another great episode. Oh, thank you. I'm just, yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm like the, I, I'm going to be the most loving, involved, occasionally intrusive auntie. <laughs> I'm going to be, yeah, I want to be there for everything. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Yay. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye. Big name in the water.